welcome to the Better Being Podcast with Greg Stark and Ali Orr. This is a podcast that dives into the four pillars of performance, movement, mindset, nutrition, and mental health. We speak with experts, find real-life case studies and helpful anecdotes, and we do our best to learn more about optimizing human performance. Welcome to today's episode of the Better Being Podcast. Today I am talking with Greg and Sharon Gray. Now Sharon is the Head of People and Culture at Oz Harvest and Oz Harvest is Australia's leading food rescue organisation. So they're a non-for-profit that collects quality excess food from commercial outlets and they operate Australia-wide rescuing over 180 tonnes of food each week from over 3,500 donors and they deliver it to people who really need it. Sharon, thank you firstly for chatting to us today and secondly, thank you and your whole team for all the great work that Oz Harvest does and I'm sure that the type of people that work for Oz Harvest are all extremely passionate people and I wanted to open up this conversation by asking you what you love about what you do and what do you personally feel the most passionate about at Oz Harvest? Yeah, oh, well, firstly, thanks so much for having me today, Ali. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, what do I love about being at Oz Harvest? Well, it is a magnet for magnificent people, and I get to work with magnificent people every day. So um, my team, my people and culture team, are a great uh, team and the people that we work with within the organisation are so committed and so driven by purpose and and so dedicated to to what we do that it's just a pleasure to be a part of it and and it's great to get up every morning when you work at an organisation that you can see the benefits and the outcomes of what all of your efforts go towards and so is there um, something that you guys are doing now to support your teams and the culture, I guess t- it's a timely thing we're talking about, mm. you know, the pandemic, working from home, working in the office. What are you guys doing to try and foster that culture of, you know, amazing people and passion while probably most people are still working from home? Yeah, yeah. So, look, let, I'll give you a bit of background. I, I arrived at Oz Harvest four weeks before COVID hit. So, uh, immediately it became really evident to me that the culture at Oz Harvest was a really strong one that was clearly driven by purpose and values. And so, we all know what uh, a strong purpose and, and clear values can do when they are lived by the organisation. It means that people can find meaning and value in their work every day. So, for those Four magical pre-COVID weeks, <laughs> I was part of an energy and a culture that was really committed and supportive and kind and strong and wonderful. So what happened when COVID hit? What impact did it have on our culture? Um, in my opinion, it, it's done nothing but make it stronger. Um, sure, we've had some really serious wobbles and some fears and lots of tears and long days and sleepless nights, but the teams really came together and everyone rose up and asked, what can I do? And I'll give you an example, if I may, Ellie. So um, COVID meant that 17% of our jobs could no longer be done. So jobs like events and corporate engagement, etc. Yet at the same time, the need in food rescue instantly grew because so many of the population were experiencing food insecurity and sometimes for the first time. So Every one of those 17% of employees put their hand up 
and said, what can I do? What can I do to, f- to fill the need within the organisation? So within a matter of weeks, new job descriptions, contracts, roles, they were developed and rolled out to support the purpose of the organisation. And I think this could only be done because the purpose and the reason that we are at Oz Harvest is so clear and strong for people. So are we working from home? Um, not all of us. Uh, what we do is considered an essential service. So every one of our amazing food rescue drivers remained on the road the whole time. So they are half of our total employee numbers and they have been out uh, doing what they do um, without a single day off the road. So yes, all of our staff, office staff went straight into full-time working from home though. So, and this wasn't a usual practice at Oz Harvest pre-COVID. Everyone always came to the office every day. They loved seeing each other and, and that was the usual working practice. So working from home was a huge change. So we implemented a new work from home policy. We got a checklist out for our work, uh, workplace health and safety requirements. Uh, we set up teams with everything they needed at home. We also had great support from some of our corporate partners who ran online sessions on how to work from home, how to set boundaries, routines, how to use technology, um, um, how to communicate virtually and manage teams remotely. So like everyone, we had no clue and how to work in a pandemic, but we trusted our guts and we focused on communicating to our people and, uh, you know, communicating for me, honestly and openly and frequently was so important. So, um, for example, every day one of the M teams, so our M team is the senior management team at Oz Harvest, would send out a communication to the whole organisation, updating them on the COVID situation, what was happening in different parts of Oz Harvest, and offering support where we could. So we've always managed COVID cautiously. We've taken extra measures to ensure the safety of our people and the people we serve because some of the people we serve are vulnerable people and we want to be extra careful. So we've been pretty slow to return to the office um, and we remain at limited numbers. So we've set a maximum number of people that can be on site. We have a register that people can put their name on if they want to work in the office. We're not mandating that people have to come back. We're not setting a roster or a, or a, um, a routine for people. It's, it's what they want to do. At the moment, we have some who can't wait to come back to the office and some that will be happy to work from home indefinitely and everyone's different and that's okay. So uh, some people may not have an ideal work environment at home and some enjoy you know, seeing their colleagues so face-to-face. So um, COVID and our people have proven that we can do this sort of hybrid work model and we can be flexible and our employee surveys have indicated that our people are happy to combine home and office work into the future. So, um, yeah, big impact, uh, but but um, it hasn't derailed what we do. That's amazing. It sounds like you've really adapted to, I guess, the the stress and the, the negative impacts to, to what's gone on in the world and have come out of it much stronger. What's What's been the biggest learning for you, just the one biggest learning for you personally off the back of it? And, and even as an organisation, what's the one thing you've taken out of 2020? 
Yes, that's a good question. <laughs> What's the one big I've had a, a I th- I don't think I've learnt as much in all of my career as I have learnt this year. So um, it's been like an incubator for for learning and adapting. Um, I've always known this, but I continue to learn that people are just simply amazing. Uh, what they can do if they have to. So that's something that has really um, been evident to me this year. Um, Another thing I've learned is that true and strong and authentic leadership can get you through anything. That's what I've learned this year as well. And that's amazing. I've heard you mention quite a lot already today about the importance of purpose and Mm. and that's how it attract staff and and those sort of things what about you personally was there something that you were personally aligned to with your own purpose that that aligned with the organization at Oz Harvest there yeah absolutely so I'm very strong on my own purpose and values so my personal values are integrity fairness and bravery and then the values of Oz Harvest are to nourish and grow connected by a cause boldly courageous and gratitude. So there are quite a lot of similarities in there uh, between what I personally hold as important and what the organisation does. So um, for me, it's really important that we treat everybody in the organisation fairly. And by that, it means equal opportunity to, um, you know, promotional opportunities, learning opportunities, uh, different roles, um, access to equal opportunity, access to, you know, our CEO and our our senior leadership team. It means that um, people are paid fairly and rewarded fairly and uh, all treated um, equitably. Uh, integrity for me is really important. So basically that just means do what you say. So um, it's I have been a bit of a drill major in that regard with my team that that is one of our promises to the organisation that we will do what we say and, and we commit to that wholeheartedly. So uh, that's really important um, in building trust amongst teams uh, to, to follow through on what you commit to um, say um, doing. And bravery is has always been one for me, and 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 it's just worded differently at Oz Harvest in their value, boldly courageous. So that's really for me in that innovation space. So there is no silly question, there is no silly idea. You know, everything is valuable. You can learn something from it. The the space needs to be safe so that you can voice all of the things that you want to, and you can be brave and and take those risks. You know, I think that I've learned throughout my career is if you take a safety net away from somebody they usually don't actually need it and and they really do thrive so if you've got that trust and that safe space that people can try things different uh i i find that people really fly yeah you give them the opportunity and and they can step up it sounds like an amazing culture i want to work there it's uh it sounds so good well, a lot of people want to work with us. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. So I guess in that cultural piece, do you just look for people that fit into your culture or do you look for people that you can mould into your culture? How does, how, you know, is it just a sense of if the purposes are aligned, culture will look after itself or is that something that you've got to really work on in, in terms of your role? No, you do need to work on it and be really deliberate with that. So we recruit 
to values. So we have a um, process and questions and, and discussions around people's personal values um, and, and what they will bring to the organisation. So that is really important right from the start. Then we induct to our values as well. So every person on the first day that they start as at Oz Harvest has a meeting with me and I go through what every value means to me um, personally and what it means to the organisation and, and um, we also do our reviews to values so they're built into every uh, review process around you need to demonstrate or talk about um, you know, ways that you have lived the values and give examples of that. So we're constantly bringing it up to the surface so that it is the way that we operate. Do we look for emerging potential as well? Absolutely. We look for um, potential in that space as well. But as you know, hard skills can be learned, you know, so you can teach people how to do all of those functional sort of aspects of their role, but who a person is and what they believe in and, and how they work, that's that's who they are. And, and we're really employing the whole person when we bring people into Oz Harvest, not just the work part of that person. So another really fun bit of our recruitment is we do ask people to um, be creative in their um, applications and we have had TikToks and music videos and um, and poetry and rhymes and raps and, and it is fantastic. So um, those sort of people that really have that creativity as well really will fit into our culture because, you know, creativity and innovation um, all sort of align together as well. So it's, a, it's, it's we look for people who are fun as well. <laughs> Yeah, that's really that's really important. So, yeah, you've got to enjoy what you do. I love what you're saying there about bring, you know, encouraging people to bring the whole person mm. to work. Um, and I guess that ties in with with well being as well. Mm. That if people can be themselves, they can thrive. Um, you know, we've we've spoken a lot over these podcasts with diversity and inclusion. But what's what's your perspective on well being and what that means? And I guess maybe some of the challenges that you've seen mm. each year for individuals? Yes, well, 2020 has provided great challenges for everybody. So, look, prior to the pandemic, um, Oz Harvest was committed to caring for people's well-being. It was um, lives its values and, and one of the key values is gratitude and that is um, talked about every day at Oz Harvest. So I don't know if you know, but 11,000 studies have proven that gratitude is the quickest pathway to happiness and well-being. And even the simple act of looking for something to be grateful for is helpful in increasing your happiness and well-being. So I'll never forget my first M-team meeting at Oz Harvest. Uh, and I came from quite a corporate um, background in my previous role. So in my first M-team meeting, we met in the boardroom and our CEO, Ronnie Khan, asked us to close our eyes and for two minutes we thought about all the things that we are grateful for. So that made me really sit up and think, right, this place really does live its values and um, it also made me think, wow, I've really found where I'm supposed to be. But um, when COVID hit, we, we, like everyone else, felt this great disruption to our lives and it happened at home and it happened 
not work. So we thought it was really important to listen to what our people needed. So we immediately started conducting surveys with our people and we have done that every six weeks since the start of COVID to check in on how they are and what they need. So it quickly became clear that they were hungry, really hungry for support in the health and wellbeing space above anything else. So what we did was we put a calendar of events together and um, we put it in place to support this. We went out to our networks, we went out to people on LinkedIn and we asked who wants to help our people. Uh, we've had two therapists that are based in Melbourne, Vicky and Liz, who developed a program called uh, Bringing the Balance Back and they provided that to our people free of charge. We've also implemented monthly national feel-good sessions where we all dial in from around the country and we have um, we are in every state except Tasmania and Northern Territory. So we um, everyone dials in for an hour and it is for no other reason but to have fun and to connect and to sing and dance and do yoga and trivia and share gratitude with each other. Uh, we've also put some innovation sessions into our calendar so that we can connect our people to our Nourish and Grow value around expanding their knowledge and connecting them to the outside world. So we've had people from Atlassian and Google and Facebook and the Inappropriate Gift Company come in and share their wisdom about resilience and innovation and motivation. Um, our M team put funny hats on each month and record a message for all of those celebrating birthdays and anniversaries and milestones. Um, we run weekly challenges on Slack, which is our communication platform, and we invite people to send in photos on subjects such as, I bet you didn't know this about me or my favourite place in the world, my um, the most famous person you've met, favourite ice cream. I personally have loved those and I'm jumping into that Slack channel every day to see what the new posts are and I'm learning so much about about people in that process. So we're really being very deliberate and purposeful in the way that we're trying to help our people with, um, with their health and well-being. Um, the most important thing an organisation can do, though, I think, to support mental wellbeing is to destigmatise mental health issues. And so at Oz Harvest, it's very we're very open about mental health and we don't judge. So we have an employee assistance program in place where our people and their families can access free counselling sessions and get advice on, um, you know, finance, legal matters, relationships. Um, during COVID, the government and support Organisations have also been really proactive in developing webinars and content to help people through COVID. So we've been collecting all of that, that information and, and um, sending it to our people. Um, our people, like everyone else, have been struggling with exhaustion and feeling overwhelmed and overworked and, and fearful. So uh, to, to help them through that, we provided everybody with additional leave and we called that gratitude leave and that was so that they could take a, a break when they needed to to um, really rest and recuperate. Um, we've been encouraging people to take their leave, which has been quite unusual this year because usually people save it up for a holiday, but nobody can go anywhere, mm -hmm. so nobody's taking their leave. Um but, but we've been encouraging them to do that. And of, of significant impact was when our CEO, Ronnie Khan, took a week off from Oz Harvest. Now, if anyone knows Ronnie, she lives and breathes Oz Harvest and she has endless energy and loves being in it 
24 hours a day. And so she's never really taken a break and people know that. But Ronnie was really mindful of the example and the expectation that that was setting. So I know it was really hard for her, but she had a week's holiday and we couldn't contact her. <laughs> and, and, and this had such great impact to our people because it gave them permission to do the mm. same thing. And I think it's really important as a leader to model the behaviour that you expect. So we're, we're very mindful to do that as well. So, um, and then, of course, you know, we've had a lot of people at our organisation go through formal mental health first aid training so that we're equipped to support our people. Wow, that is a lot. No wonder your organisation has done so well over the past few months. And I love that part about, you know, leaders not only just saying what they want people to do but leading through example I think is is really key in all the organisations we deal with as well. It's it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. So Well, it's that integrity piece, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so out of all the things that you've changed in mm-hmm. the last few months what's the one thing that as we return to a a new normal that you hope stays that you don't change that that part is now part of your team and your culture and your behavioral patterns Mm -hmm. forever look I think um, people are still very keen to go back to the way that it was before COVID. Um, everybody loved that. It, it was a, a hugs and kisses sort of culture beforehand, and certainly COVID doesn't allow any of that. And um, so people are still very keen to go back to that. But, look, it's been it's been incredibly difficult, but what it has done, I think, is thrown accelerant onto some of the sort of the culture concepts that were gaining traction prior to, to the pandemic. So, for example, I've always believed that you where you work from should not matter. So, and, and I think COVID has really helped us realise that this is true. Um, people move from office-based to home-based work literally overnight and have made um, you know, managed to find a way to make it work for them. So um, that's something that I think will stay. I also see in the future a shift away from that nine-to-five timeframe working model as organisations realise that different people work better at different times of the day so, and they work at different paces as well. So some people can complete a task in 30 minutes, some in 50, and the faster isn't necessarily better. It's just different. So I see that in the future people will be able to prioritise family and friends and social needs in their schedule as a priority rather than having to fit those things around work. So, for example, I'm very clear with my team that there is no expectation for them to work standard hours. We um, they do we do commit to checking in with each other at nine o'clock every morning, but if they want to work until midnight in the evenings because they've got kids and they need to run kids around during the day, etc., they can do that. If they want to go for a walk in the afternoon or they've got something social and they want to connect with their friends, they can do that. We just it's just all about communicating so that we know where each other is and and there's no real questions around that. So that's a, a thing that I think will will uh, begin to gain more traction as well um what else do I think might stay I look going back to the mental health things I think that the surfacing on mental health is fundamental to organizational health will remain when all of this is over and I think that's a real positive so 
I hope that we're moving towards looking at work-life balance as not balancing two different parts of our life, but integrating them seamlessly. So our definition in in our team of work-life balance is liking work as much as you like life. So I'm I'm hopeful that that work-life culture in the future is is um, kinder in that way as well. Um, I'm also excited. You talked about diversity and inclusion, so I'm, I'm excited to think that diversity and inclusion will also be integrated into workplaces as that they recognise the benefits of it, of, of that, and uh, the fairness and equity of all of the, all, all of those um, programs and um, commitments. And again, I touched on this before, but I'm I'm, I'm really energised too by the realisation that authentic leadership is important. So that's the buzz that I'm hearing is that um, as with most people, you know, I have encountered CEOs who act like they think a CEO should act, but I'm blessed with a CEO now that genuinely cares for the people of the organisation and that is an amazing place to be. So I hope Ronnie doesn't mind me sharing this, but she has cried at every single all-in that we have had this year. And it is simply because she is so proud and touched by the fact that our employees choose to work at Oz Harvest and she loves everyone. So um, so they're the things that have changed and I hope that will potentially remain. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, it sounds like Ronnie is an amazing leader and, uh, you know, we, we've seen a bit of that as well ourselves with the different organisations we deal mm. with that... Uh, the ones that have genuine care for their people uh, and have put that their welfare and their mental health and supported them as best they can during this time are the ones that have, have really thrived. And I think, as you said, that uh, going forward they will continue to thrive. So it's uh, it's been amazing hearing all the wonderful work that you've been doing at Oz Harvest. Mm, well, th- it's like Richard Branson said, isn't it, that you look after your people and your people will look after your business. Like, yeah, yeah, it's um, it's exactly it, and and that that extension on, yeah, how you treat people is how they will treat treat your customers and your business exactly. Absolutely. I think Ali's got a few quick fire questions that she wants to throw your way now. Oh, okay, go, Ali. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I love these. All right. So, first question: If you could change someone's mind about something, what would it be? Right, so I would like my kids to realise how cool I am. No, um, <laughs> I, I would like my kids to believe me when I tell them that things get better as you get older, um, that the best is yet to come and that problems aren't insurmountable. That's what I would like to be able to change my kids' idea around that. That's awesome. Probably a good lesson for all of us, really, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, number two, what are you excited about right now in relation to mental health and well-being? Okay, so I am learning um, at the moment about reframing your mindset to improve your resilience. So it's about cultivating the right thoughts, positive thoughts that craft the life that you want. So your mindset is the story that you tell yourself about your life and our brains have been developed you know through evolution to look for what's wrong um, our brains have a, a ne- we have a negative bias so um, 
this has been developed to protect us from danger, but uh, looking for what is right and good can help us offset that mother nature and set us, set the, we get to see things in a different way. So it doesn't mean suppressing um, bad emotions or not feeling them. It means acknowledging them and naming them and knowing it's okay to feel this way and then looking for the positives out of those bad situations and be able to tell yourself that story about reframing it into a way that gives you potentially an opportunity to learn or grow. So that's that's I'm, I'm listening to a lot of podcasts around that at the moment and one of my team members set me a challenge to uh, try to do it for a week. So that's what I'm currently excited about. This might feed into the next one. Do you have a book, podcast or resource that you would recommend or something that you're really enjoying? Yeah, okay. So I am a podcast fiend. So I regularly listen to um, How I Work with Dr. Amantha Imber. I listen to How to Be Awesome at Your Job with Pete uh, McTitus. I often listen to the Global Leadership Summit as well. And I listen to How I Built This with Guy Raz. So they're all work-related uh, podcasts to develop myself. Um, I love Desert Island Discs for fun. So that's my fun one. And my daughter has put me onto a podcast to help me get to sleep at night and it has knocked me out cold each night. So it's called Sleepy with Otis Gray and he reads classical books to you in a very hypnotic way. And so sleep is really important for your well-being as well. So I recommend that one. That's awesome. You're not the first person that's recommended that podcast to go to sleep. Must be really boring. It is actually <laughs> Yeah, it's quite amazing. <laughs> I have not made it through about 10 minutes of the podcast, of the podcast so love awesome. it. Do you have a health and wellbeing hack for the workplace or maybe working from home? I have a hack for when things pile up or get too overwhelming and this year has seen us feel overwhelmed often. I've had a few wobbles myself. So what I do is I use a paper anchor. And for me, what that is, is I go through all of my lists. So I've got lists on the computer. I've got lists on bits of paper. I've got lists mostly, you know, um, on my phone, all over the place. So when everything is seems too much, I go through all of that and I work out the three things that I need or must or want to do tomorrow. And I write that on a piece of paper and I put that on my desk or up on the wall next to my desk. And that's my anchor for the day. So if I get distracted, I come back to that because that is what I've got to do. So it helps keep me focused. And I think the act of writing it down on a piece of paper makes it seem more real. And then, of course, I have the joy of crossing them off as well when you achieve them. So that's my hack. That's a good one. I, I'm with you on that. I just write lists so, so that I can just cross them off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it feels so good, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right. And last question I have for you, somebody alive that you would like to have a conversation with and invite them to dinner and they'll answer all your questions, who would it be and why? Mm. So we actually just talked about this a couple of weeks ago in one of our morning huddles. We have a different topic each morning that we, we discuss and, and questions we pose to each other. So my one would be David Attenborough. 
and that probably doesn't need much explaining. You know, he has seen and done a great deal. He's experienced and learnt a lot and, and what he stands for is wonderful. And I suppose if you allowed me to have another guest at the table, I would probably invite Dr. Carl. I love his sense of wonder and curiosity and joy. I think it's infectious. So um, they, they would be my two dinner guests. Yeah, I think those are both great potential guests. Mm. And thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today. It's been really interesting to get a little bit of insight um, into how Oz Harvest does things. It sounds like the culture there is infectious and passionate and, you know, like Greg was saying, I want to go work there too. <laughs> yes, well, I, look, I consider myself lucky to, to be there. I really do. I, we, we often talk about how lucky we are and how grateful we are that we've got this opportunity to do this great work at a great organisation. It, it, it has made COVID a little bit easier to bear, I suppose. So, um, And knowing that we're helping people who are really um, having difficulty this year is, is, you know, really good for us as well. So thank you. Thanks, Sharon. No, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Better Being Podcast. If you want to learn more, follow us on social media at Better Being PT on Instagram and as Better Being on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you like what you heard, drop us a review. And until next time, stay well. <laughs>